Hello, everyone. I'm George Mossy. Please say hello to my co-host, Heather C. and D.D. Castile. Hi, guys. Hi. How are you doing? So I'm good. I'm good. So episode four of the Pop Culture Podcast here at the George Mossy Show. There's been a lot going on. First of all, my co-host and I want to send our thoughts and prayers to everyone affected by the war that is going on right now. Anyone that is being affected by that, we're sending thoughts and prayers and love. And we're hoping for peace, praying for peace. And, and on that note, also this week, we lost an amazing actress, um, Suzanne Summers. Um, we lost um, to a battle to cancer. And a lot of people know her from Three's Company. And then a lot of people know her from Step by Step. Uh, but she's just a pop icon. She did so much. She's such a beautiful soul. It's a huge loss. So I just wanted to acknowledge that and how, how we, we're losing such amazing people. And we really need to keep our, our people close. And, you know, I hate to see people um, acknowledging the amazing work that people have done after they're gone. I want us to start acknowledging people and how amazing um, they are and what they're bringing to us. Okay, so I wanna talk about this Drake-Michael Jackson comparison because apparently Drake has tied Michael Jackson with number one hits. For me, I know Heather C, this, this is something that you are very passionate about because you don't believe that we should be comparing artists from different time periods. You feel like the artists did the things at the time that they did them and you can't really compare and a lot of people feel that comparing drake to michael jackson isn't a, a fair comparison and I'm, I'm on board with that because i feel like drake is an artist in his own right he's a rapper and michael jackson was more than just an artist he was a performer he was a composer he was a singer he wrote amazing music he put on stage shows he was so far beyond his time and they put drake next to each other and comparing apples to apples. How do you guys feel about that? No, um, in my opinion, no. Drake does not need to be compared to Michael Jackson. Like Michael, nobody in my book, nobody can outbeat Michael Jackson. I mean, we grew up listening to Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson put his heart and soul, tears and sweat in every song, in every um, concert, um, in every show he did. You can see a major difference between Michael Jackson and Drake. It's down. How people are comparing it to is more so with how many streams and the whole numbers thing. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. if you're going to go down the laundry list of things, Michael is in a whole class of himself because he was also a humanitarian. He also cared about the world. He wanted to just obviously do things for other people and he just generally cared not just his music you know he was an influence on many so i think that bottom line all the celebrities that came up between the 70s the 80s the 90s anything within the last maybe decade i don't think it's fair to compare them to the new age artists because nowadays we have media at our fingertips. It's so easy to catch somebody on Instagram, TikTok, you know, the streams are by numbers, you know, it's all about, oh, well, I'm going to go ahead and listen to this song, do this, that, and the other. Back then when Michael was at his prime, where they're trying to say him and Drake are tied, it's not fair because we didn't have streaming services. Everything was physical. People had CDs, they had records, they had, you know, cassette tapes. You had to catch people like on the radio with your, you know, cassette tape trying to hit record so you can listen to the songs that came on the radio. You couldn't just pick up your cell phone, go on Apple iTunes or Spotify and say, Michael Jackson beat it, you know, and then push it whenever you wanted. You were only able to do that if you had the luxury of owning the album. So, this dated back to the Beatles. People were trying to compare, you know, the Beatles to One Direction and Backstreet Boys and stuff. It's the yeah. same exact thing. It's not fair. The Beatles came even further back. They had records. If you weren't purchasing their records or, you know, anything like that, that's where they were getting their album sales from. But now they're counting everything as streams. And I just, I don't think it's fair to compare the two. It's, it's not in the same category. Even if Drake is an amazing artist, even if he, you know, did this, that, and the other, it doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. It's basically the fact that he can play catch up 
to these artists because it's a lot easier with all the different platforms they have available to get caught up to the numbers. But if Drake was in Michael Jackson's time, he probably wouldn't even be able to chart. He's known as a rap artist. And back then, rap was considered gangster rap. And he wouldn't even fit the bill with Tupac and Biggie and all of the other people that were out there. So there's no comparison. And that's it's not an opinion. It's basically just facts. You just put the numbers out there. It just doesn't make sense. Exactly. Well, you, you said something interesting. You said streams versus sales. And I've, I've come to realize that you can stream someone's music without spending a penny. Yeah, Artists, like you, you said, can. going back to... Going back to the Beatles, those people who put them in the number one spot were physically at a store purchasing a record, a vinyl record. And now, you know, Drake has um, fans that have probably never bought a physical CD because buying a physical CD isn't even really part of our culture anymore. You go on Spotify, nope. you go, yeah, you go on Amazon Music, Apple Music. So you can YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube. Pandora. <laughs> has actually purchased anything and i think what you said too, heather was interesting because you said it's easy to play catch it's easy to have someone that you're working to beat when they're no longer alive you know michael jackson can't put out any more hits because unfortunately we lost him drake just put out an album a couple of weeks ago so it's, it's easy to continue to surpass someone who is no longer in the race so i do feel like it's it's really unfair to take an amazing artist and then try to compare them to someone else's work. Because like, I think talking earlier about Michael Jordan and LeBron James. So Michael Jordan um, gathered a lot of fans, a lot of attention way before social media, you know, way before um, YouTube clips of him playing basketball. People were watching his games. They were going to see him play live. And then LeBron James came along into the, in the social media realm and he was able to do you know, he has the shoes as well. He's an amazing basketball player. He's had a very long career. But is it fair to compare these two men? Because Michael Jordan has been selling his shoes for decades. You know, Michael Jordan has been doing this before social media. His word of mouth advertising. You know, people just, you say his name, any country in the world, everybody knows what you're talking about. And that wasn't through the help of TikTok. That wasn't through the help of YouTube. That wasn't through the help of any app. Because you know, people are watching like these these clips of people playing basketball, their best moments, and this is all just put in their face through the internet. Michael Jordan did that before he had the opportunity. So I just feel like taking people's career and trying to make it make sense to someone's career after them or before them, it's putting people in a box. And I just want people to stop thinking that everybody can be compared, you know? And singers, yes, they both do the same thing, but at different times, and, and like you guys said, at depending on when you released your music, it was much harder to be a number of artists 50 years ago than it is today. Because 50 years ago, you I, had to... I think that it's fair for you to say that in this generation, so-and-so, whether it be Drake, Chris Brown, whoever you want to pick, I think that it's fair to say that they could be this generation's so-and-so but to go ahead and say that they're taking over their spot or they're, you know, you're, you're kind of going over all the work that was built for that artist that kind of paved the way for the new age generation. That's not fair because everything that Michael, Janet, Britney Spears, whoever, anybody that was established before the whole streaming and social media, yeah. that, that work came from hard work blood, sweat, tears, dedication. They did tours. They, you know, had memorabilia. They, you know, had to go out and promote. They went overseas. They worked with people and they generally had to put out music. A lot of people had to rely on MTV and VH1 back when they used to actually play music videos. You know, that's when you would hear the stuff. Now you don't even have to have a music video to have a number one hit. You just have to have it be catchy enough that people pick up on it on TikTok so they can make up a quick dance number for it. So that's, it's just, it's insane. No one is replacing anybody. If anything, they could be, like I said, this year, you know, this generation's version 
of them. That's fair to say, but they're they're never going to take the place of the old school artists. They paved the way. Hard work, hard work, dedication. Yeah. It's interesting that you said that because there are artists who managed to get like a number one hit, never been on a world tour. They had never even been on a nationwide tour. It just gathered enough streams that that yeah. hit happened to be number one. Um, and it's interesting because like you said, Madonna, Madonna had to tour the world to secure her spot as the number one pop artist. She's There's not a country that she hasn't performed in. Okay, like she has to put in a lot of work and still to this day, she goes on the road and performs, even as she's at her age now, she still goes on stage and performs at music and dances. And, you know, there's artists, like you said, who just put out a song on Apple Music, never left their bedroom or wherever they recorded it, and it went to number one. And it's crazy. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to knock how technology has made things easier, but we still need to respect how hard people worked back before technology to make that happen. Because we would never say that Britney Spears is bigger than Madonna, right? We know that they're massive artists in their own right. But we know Madonna built her way up from nothing. Literally, she she made her career happen. She toured the world. She gathered and garnered all these fans across the world. People who don't even speak English know every word to her album. And yes, Britney did it too. But it She paved the way. Right, two legendary women. Celine Dion. I mean, Celine Dion was the same way. Um, I mean, a lot more artists. So, I mean, Celine Dion's been around for years. Um, you know, um, let's see, New Kids on the Block. They started. Um, Backstreet Boys. They started back in the like back in the day. I mean, all these older generation, the ones that that you know the um, the Gen X. Um, people grew up on those are the ones that had to start from rock bottom with nothing. They never, I mean, they had to travel. Um, they still have to travel. And the new ones that's in this generation, like you just said, is all they have to do is just get that one song to hit that one stream that everybody wants it. And that's it. That's all they have to do. Yeah. The power of the, the apps and the internet has related. And it's good. It's good. We, artists don't have to start out at nothing. Because I know back in the day, new artists, they would launch this artist. Like, do you remember when Christina Aguilera came out? She didn't have any social media. We didn't know anything about her. They put her on this award show. And she performed, I believe it was Reflection. Am I right? Was it Reflection? That was the first thing. Yeah, ever for Mulan. Yeah, and we had no idea who this girl was. They just launched her to the world. No, she didn't have a million followers on anything already. This was just a brand new artist introduced to the world. Because that's another thing. There's no more brand new artists introduced to the world because when they put out on there, they have 100,000 followers, right? Like people know who you are before they know who you are. And social media has made that that easy. Like they launched Christina Aguilera to the world and it was either people are going to like her or they're going to not like her. She didn't have any backing. She didn't have a following. She went on stage. They gave her a microphone, and they just said, let's see what happens. So they took that um, that risk out of creating new artists because now the new artists already have a million followers. You know, like they, even though they haven't made it on video yet, they've got, they've garnered so many followers. It's not really a risk anymore. Even if they don't make it into mainstream, they still have a massive following either way. Yeah, I mean, that's like trying to compare, um, you know, Dolly Parton and Reba McIntyre, um, compare them with the, the new country singers that's coming up. There's no way possible. Dolly Parton, she's been singing for, oh my gosh, since before I was born. You know, um, Reba McIntyre, um, Phil, was it Phil Collins? Like, these are like main, these are like huge artists that once again you cannot no one can be compared to them because they don't have to work as hard and i'm not saying they don't work hard because you do anybody has to work hard if you want it in any kind of career but they don't they don't have to work as hard as the ones did back that started in the you know the 60s and 70s and the 80s those are the ones that had to most of them started in their basement most of them started at you know on the under a bridge so i mean there's, there's no way. Don't compare the new ones to the older, to the older generation. It's not, no, yeah. don't do that. We gotta stop. We do. We have to stop. I remember watching the Elvis movie and Elvis Presley was performing at state fairs. Like we cannot compare what these people built from nothing. Elvis Presley, right? Can you imagine going to a state fair 
Elvis Presley is performing. That's he literally started out from nothing. Anyone that would listen, he would perform for us. But it's like we gotta stop doing that. So speaking of really big artists, Britney Spears has been talking about a book that she's gonna be releasing the 24th of October. What is the name of this book? It's her um her memoir in her words. So it's like her her memoir and her words, and there's been mm -hmm. some stories that have leaked um, from the book. It's not out yet. You can't read it, so don't go looking for it yet. You can read it, but you can't read it. But we found out that when she was dating Britney Spears, this was pretty an, a very iconic couple, right? They were two of the biggest, um, Justin and Britney, two of the biggest artists at the time they were dating. And we were under the impression that the relationship fizzled out and it ended, but we found out today from Britney releasing some information that she actually became pregnant with Justin Timberlake's child during the relationship. The child was never born because she Justin felt he wasn't ready to be a father at that point in time in his career. And then she got an abortion and she has released information. First of all, can you imagine sitting on information like that? Like for that long? Can you imagine what that's like? Because a lot of people have so much to say about Britney and her life and her relationships and her choices. Can you imagine what it's like to sit on such an emotional decision for so long and just let people make assumptions about you? I can't even imagine what that's like. Everything she's ever done has been so scrutinized. So the fact that she was able to do this without anyone finding out about it, right? Because everything that she's ever done has been so scrutinized and under a microscope. It's mind blowing that this even happened and it was able to be kept a secret. I mean, I guess patient, um, confidentiality is a real thing because we really are just finding out about this now. So what are your reactions? Because I know, Heather, you're a big Britney and Justin fan. So how does this make you feel hearing about this information decades later? Well, side, side note to your statement, um, the book comes out on the 24th, but People Magazine ran a story on Britney. And it's actually, I think it's going to be their latest issue. Um, so it should be coming out this week. Um, so basically, she had said a few things from the book, and then the New York Post got a hold of all like the juicy stuff and kind of like reposted that about her abortion with Justin Timberlake. So that's how they were able to get all of that information before. That was Britney's, I guess, kind of way of spicing it up so you'll you know want to buy her book which i already want but <laughs> yeah i mean that's it's that's some juicy stuff am i surprised no i was reading a lot of the comments under um the people article and they were like i don't believe a word she says and the first thing i think of is so you don't believe that to take take the fact that they're celebrities you don't take the fact that two good-looking teenagers that like are sexually active are not going to have unprotected sex and she can't get pregnant like that's so you know crazy to you like yeah it's britney and it's justin but at the end of the day they're two regular normal human beings and clearly they were in a relationship with each other for quite some time even though they kept most of it under wraps before they came forth at the 2000 vmas where they were together and that was kind of their way of saying surprise you know we're we're even though fans knew but you know they were told to lie because back then that was you know a way to sell product you want to sell the fact that your favorite celebrity is single i kind of wish celebrities still did that because i think that it's none of anybody's business who they're dating who they're sleeping with who's their wife who's their husband i think that that's just a recipe for disaster they should keep that so they can have some type of private life but Brittany you know she went through a lot of stuff already in her life and I think that whatever takes her to be able to heal from all the trauma that she went through I think it's fair for her to state because this is her memoir this is her words so if this helps her heal then so be it if Justin happened to have an issue or his people or whatever, then he has the right to come forth and say, that's true. That's not true. I'm sorry. You know, whatever. But Brittany is allowed to tell her side of the story. She was silenced for so long 
as it is. And it's only fair that she can say, hey, this happened to me. Just like if somebody was a victim of a crime and you tell them you have to be silenced, that's not fair. If a person wants to reach out and try to get help or support, they should be able to say, hey, you know, I'm a victim of whatever. I need help. She felt like this was something that happened to her in her life. And even though it's a private moment, she dealt with it how she dealt with it. And now several years later, she wants to heal. And this is her way of healing. Okay, so this is my question. Have answered it. Do you think that her sharing this publicly was necessary? I think you just answered it. You said this was a way to heal from it. So I feel like her publicly her healing process. Didi, how do you feel about her coming forward about the abortion and then saying that it wasn't her decision, it was Justin's decision? How do you feel about that? Is it okay to do that? Because I feel like this is very private, right? I feel like no one ever has to share that with any is a private situation between her and the decision that she made. So how do you feel that she's putting it out in this book so publicly? I support her 100% because, you know, if a woman or man, you know, or in Brittany's um, situation, you know, like Heather said, she was silenced for so many years and she had to hold in so much. And if this is going to help her on her healing journey, then I support her 100%. It's her decision. If she thinks that that's what she needs to do or what she needs to talk about to be able to close the capture, um, that capture in her book, then I'm all for her. I support her 100%. So, across my mind, I was like, what if Brittany decided not to go through with it? She would have had a baby early in her career. How do you think that would have affected her career? Do you think that we would have still gotten all of the hits and all of the iconic, legendary performances? Or do you think that it would have slowed her down? Because a lot of people are like, well, what would have happened if her life, you know, would have went in a different direction? Because we know she's a mother now, right? We know that now, but she waited down the line to become a mother. So do you feel like the decision for her to wait was the decision that she had to make for her life right then and there? Or do you think that she was pressured by other people? Because the way that she is telling the story, it kind of makes me feel like she would have loved to become a mother at that point in her life. And do you feel like the pressure of others is why she put that off? I think, I think um, her, you know, her parents and, um, the people around her, her surroundings had a lot to do with her making that decision. Um, you know, there's no telling what they told her, you know, to make her believe that she needed to have an abortion. I mean, she was she was young. You know, she was in her career. Um, I don't think it would have slowed her down. You know, I think that it would have inspired her to be become even more um, more responsible and become more. Um, you know, into what she she was into with her career, you know, and then if you really sit down and you really think about it, you know, out of everything, everything that she's been through and the decision decisions she has made. I mean, if you're holding a secret like that, I mean, you're that this got to start eating at you at a at some point in your life. And, you know, maybe that was part of the things that that made her start spiraling down. You know, because she was always controlled. She could never make her own decisions. And and, and for it to eat at you that you, you know, you took a, the life of an innocent baby. I mean, it's going to start eating at you eventually. See, I like, I agree with that scenario to the point. And then there's, I feel a little differently on the one part. On my perspective, in that time frame, when Brittany and Justin were together, Brittany was pinpointed as such a role model for the younger generation. I believe that if she would have became a mother, especially an unwed mother, they would have shunned her like completely. They would have shunned her because look at what they did to her sister. Look what they did to Jamie Lynn when Jamie Lynn got pregnant and she was like underage and they were like, oh no, oh my God. And she turned out to be, you know, she might have did a lot of stuff that was shady in Britney's eyes. But, I mean, as a mother, she's a good parent. She, you know, is with her kids for the most part that you can see. I mean, you only know what goes on in social media because you can see it. We don't know her. But, you know, I think that 
then it would have been a different story because I feel like Brittany would have constantly been trying to get everything in order, trying to be a good mom. And I feel like the public would have kept trying to like shut her down. And I think it would have ultimately probably caused her career to get ruined. And I think because the money grab and everything, people were like, no, Brittany, no, you're making millions. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. Nowadays, I think it would have been a different story because now we have like Teen Mom and we have all these like programs and all this stuff that reaches out and shows that, hey, it's okay if this happens to you. And these are all your resources. We didn't have that at that time frame. So you basically would have just looked like two teenagers that had unprotected sex, that had a baby. And it's kind of like, you know, now what? Because I, I could put myself in that predicament. Growing up, she was my idol. We were in the same type of, like, age group. I know, like, I would have been like, whoa, like, my favorite person is, like, a mom. Like, that's crazy. You know, I wanted to be just like her, but I don't know if I want to be a mom. Like, that kind of would have maybe weirded me out a little bit at that time in my life. So I don't know. I just feel like then and now it's kind of like the, the Michael Jackson thing. It's, it's hard to compare what she would have been like because times were different. Interesting because you said that being a teenage woman, girl, and being we would shun her for having a baby. And I feel like you were right. Back in those times, we have you ever noticed how we've made everything hard for women? Like if a teenage boy who is a singer or rapper got a girl pregnant, we don't shun them. We don't make them feel bad. We don't disown them. We don't cancel them. But for some reason, we are holding women to some sort of higher standard. They have to be perfect. They have to look perfect. They have to act perfect. They can't have sex unless they're Why are we holding women? And I mean, we aren't doing as much now, but it's still happening. But especially when Brittany and Christina and Justin were out, we were holding women to a different standard than we were holding men to. Justin could go out and sleep with different women and didn't shit him, right? We didn't say anything that his behavior being horrible. But if a woman or a girl was to do something like that, exactly where we throwing stones. And it's it's so horrible to know that women in the public eye have to grow up living to expectations that other people are setting for them that are completely unfair. Because you mentioned Jamie Lynn Spears. She had her show Zoe One on Zoe 101. Um, I believe on was it the Disney Channel or Nickelodeon? I don't know which one. Nickelodeon, one I think. Nickelodeon. And she had a she had a great career. She was an actress. She got pregnant. And then we shunned her. And I don't want to say we, I didn't do it, but the network, everyone yeah. shunned this girl. Right. And why why is that? And it's like we have to stop telling women when it's time and not time for them to become parents. Okay. Like, and I think MTV did like you said take a step. They made the show um Teen Mom. Um, where we were not shunning women for having children at an early age. If it was unplanned, doesn't mean it's a mistake, okay? Like, we had to stop that current thinking. Because in, in that time, they're like, oh, well, if you're not married, it was a mistake. No, it's not. If you didn't plan something, it doesn't necessarily make it a mistake. It doesn't mean that your whole life is over. We were telling young women that if they had a child and, and didn't plan it, that they were doing something wrong and their life was over, career was over. And I think this has a lot to do with why Brittany made that decision. Because her, in her career, you nailed it. She was a role model. So many young girls were looking up to her. Um, they wanted to be singers, dancers, performers. They wanted to be her. And people were pressuring Brit to live to these unlivable expectations. They wanted her on the road, filming music videos, recording music, performing, looking perfect, act perfect, never making a mistake. That is unbelievable pressure for a 17-year-old girl, right? That is unbelievable pressure. I think it's hard enough being a 17-year-old girl, just a normal person who's not performing at a stadium. But to put that pressure on her, it's so surprised that we're seeing the long-term effects of that on her now. And she's trying to get a grip on what life is like without people controlling her. Because like she's really trying to understand what her life is like now. Because there's literally, for the first time in her life, there's not someone dictating what she can do, what she can wear, where she can go, what she can say. And she doesn't even know how to navigate that. And it's so sad because the life that she lived growing up was unfair. It wasn't something that anyone should have had to go through. And like you said, people wanted her to make money so bad that they never thought about how those decisions were affecting her long term. 
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Bottom line, they she was set up for failure, and that's why she has her memoir, so we can hear all about it. You you nailed it. This book is not even out yet. She broke the internet today. Like she's just they were releasing. Well, she didn't. She did an interview, and then the the magazines picked up the stories. The book, the pre-orders are selling out. Like it's gonna be really difficult to even get this book because for so many years, people have always wanted a, a clear picture into her life, and for the first time, and Brittany's a very person right we don't know a lot about her kids we don't know a lot about her personal life she shows us whatever she's comfortable with us knowing and now this will be the first time that we have a real view into her life and what went and i'm just right so okay on on the flip side how do you feel the the news is going to affect justin timberlake do you feel people are going to be angry with him do you feel people are going to attack him do you feel like this is going to have a negative influence on him because she made it seem like she's why she felt pressure to to do this or do you feel like this is just her truth it's not really about him like how do you feel about that i don't i mean i i don't know with it being with it being justin timberlake i mean and him being a man it's probably going to be overlooked I I feel like that maybe she's still going to be attacked no matter what, because she's the woman. And I mean, it may not even, uh, it may not even affect, you know, him at all. It's kind of hard to come back and attack them for something that happened so long ago. They both, you know, have moved on. They've had different relationships. They've had other kids with people. So I think, you know, to go back and get angry at something that Justin said or did when he was a teenager or, you know, a young adult, it's not really fair because ultimately you can't go back and change time. You don't know if it was his family, his people, his PR team. I mean, maybe he did want to be a dad, but he was told by so many people that will ruin your career or ruin everything you worked for. You don't know who was whispering in his ear either, as well as hers. So I think that ultimately it's going to be just about Brittany telling her side of the story so she can heal. And I mean, there's not much you can go back. So we could sit here and we could crucify Justin until the end of time, but what is it going to prove? It's not going to do anything. So, right, I agree with you, and we have to remember we didn't always come to the realization that men shouldn't have any um, focus or decision on what women do and their decisions. So, do if Brittany you really, 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 truly wanted to, she could have had the baby, whether Justin wanted anything to do with it or not. If she really wanted to, so it has to be somebody other than Justin that persuaded Brittany to come to that decision. You expect Justin not assuming it was her father. Do you expect Justin to acknowledge this or, or speak on it at all, or do you think he's not gonna acknowledge no, it? No, how do you feel? He'll no. have PR something. That's it. I don't see him talking about it. Me do you neither. It's because no matter no matter what he says, it's not gonna make it better. So it's better to just not speak on it at all. Not speak on it at all. Yeah. Instinct yeah, is I, trying to thrive. I don't think he's going to try to ruin that. Let's talk about this Will Smith and Jada Pinkett debacle because, you know, we've been dealing with their intertwined relationship for quite a while. And we know that there was um, August Oslina who was linked to Jada Pinkett as, I guess, her boyfriend during the marriage and now we're finding out that for the past seven years that will smith and jada pinkett smith have been separated so i want to get some in some reactions to that because you know about a year ago we saw will smith attack chris rock in defense of his wife jada for some comments that he made about her hair and, and a lot of people didn't know she suffered from alopecia so these comments were very insensitive but how do you guys feel because they have went out of their way to make it seem though their relationship has been stronger than ever throughout all of these rumors so now we're finding out for the past at least for the past seven years they're separated like, how do you guys feel? Do you feel like it's it's necessary to keep up a ruse like that? Because why do you feel like they felt it was necessary to lie to people? That's what's baffling to me because they're both very strong people, independent people. They are strong together and, and separate. 
So why do you think that they need to create that story of a unit for people to believe for so long? Seven years is a long time to pretend that you're together when you're not. Well, people knew that they had an open marriage. You know, they they openly had said that, that they had an open marriage. And they would say that she had an entanglement with Austin. Um, so I don't think anybody was necessarily surprised. I mean, they always had kind of like a wild family that they kind of beat to their own drum and, you know, they made up their own rules because it worked for their family. Uh, I think at this point, people are just really sick and tired of hearing about Jada and Will being in the news because of their relationship and not so much their acting and what they're bringing to the table as far as their talents per se um who they're sleeping with and whether or not their marriage works to me is just i don't understand like when that became such a overpowering of their careers and how long they've been on tv you know like why we say will smith we're like oh he he punched chris rock or you know he's been in this weird relationship with his wife forever it's like whatever happened to will smith hey remember he was on that long-running show fresh prince or hey he was in men in black or you know whatever like when does this take the fact of their personal lives and stuff like that it's just and it's not even entertaining because it's like who cares she clearly is having a crisis and she was sleeping with a younger man and that just worked for her and will wasn't mad about it so i don't know <laughs> their whole relationship is crazy yeah there yeah I, i'm the i agree with heather on this one i mean like who really cares i mean they do them so if that's what makes them happy then oh well you know more power to them and you know the only thing that baffles me is will put his career on um in jeopardy by doing what he did to um to chris because now he's banned for 10 years he can't act or do anything um for 10 years and for what they weren't even together they're still not together. She's still having her little flings on the side. And he's the one that, I mean, she can still do whatever she wants, but because he did what he did, he's banned. And, you know, he was, um, he was, uh, there was a movie that he was filming that it was not even gonna, that was not even um, uh, published. They canceled it because of that punch. So his career like, I mean, I get him trying to um, trying to defend his wife. I get it. But she's a grown woman. She needs to defend herself. You see what I'm saying? She didn't put her she didn't put her career in jeopardy. He put his career in jeopardy. She's out still making all the money. What is he doing? Clearly, their relationship is a contract. That's all it is. In the end, it's just a contract. And it's brought together by their children. Because every time I hear Jada's name, it's never about Will. It's always about who else she's been with. If anything, I hear her more with Tupac Shakur than I do Will Smith. It's almost like if she could have had it her way, she would have ended up with him if he didn't pass away. So I just feel like she stuck with Will because it was what worked at that time. Together, they were a powerhouse with you know their their careers and everything and i think that that's basically what it just kind of boiled down to so i don't know so yeah. when he when he defended her at the award show do you think that that was more so to, uh the fake roots going because obviously they weren't together at the time do you think that his actions were to make it seem as though they have to be together because he would have never attacked this man if they weren't or do you think that he just genuinely wanted to defend her because that's what people are wondering now people are like well when he hit chris rock he hit him because he was being disrespectful to the mother of his children or did he just put because i need people to be a hundred percent sure that we're together and this would be the perfect way to make sure that no one has any doubt whatsoever I think he I think out of everything that's that's been going on between him and Jada, I think everything the way I'm looking at it, I could be wrong, but the way I'm looking at it is everything just he like exploded. 
he had to release some kind of um, anger that he was holding in, you know, because time after time after time is all we hear is Jada and, and Will. They're going through something. It's I mean, it's it's old news. We We know, you know, now we know they're not together. They haven't been together for seven years. But it's what's so baffling, too, is why would he put his career on in jeopardy? And at the end of the day, Jada, Jada could care less. So he he jeopardized his 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 career for someone who doesn't even care about him. It kind of seems to me that this is affecting Will more than it's affecting Jada, because we've always heard Jada is doing her own thing and she has her own roundtable show. And she seems to be doing a Will has always been the one that seems to be taking things hard. I, I'm beginning to think the, the open relationship thing wasn't 100% okay with him, right? Like, we're watching him um, spiral, and we don't really watch Jada spiral. And it's it's kind of looking like now, like I said, the way it blew up at that award show, it, it was built up anger. And it's like maybe these years and years of pretending that things were okay, it finally got to him. Like, it finally got to him. And it makes me wonder if he was not actually okay with the open relationship, but actually okay with his wife sleeping with other men. It, he might have said he was okay, but emotionally, maybe he was not okay. We were kind of watching the aftermath of his life just kind of spiraling out of control. And this is kind of where I think it's going to happen with him now. I. I don't know. I mean, his career is put on hold for 10 years. He can't do no kind of acting or anything for 10 years, but she's still out doing her thing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea where, where their relationship is going to, it's going to end up. I mean, they haven't been together for seven years. Like you said, George, it doesn't bother her. You know, I think that she, I think Will was more of a, of a comfort for her um, was a way of financial, um, fi- how you say it? Um, fine, financial, financial stability. Um, I don't really think that um, Jada was ever into Will like a husband. That's why the whole open relationship, you know, um, thing started. And that's just, I don't know. I don't even know if we'll ever see Will act again. They're, they're working nope. on it. That's what they said. They said that they're they're trying to work on it. But I mean, they've been saying that on and off for years. To mean anything, I mean, to be honest with you, I'll I'll go ahead and speak on behalf of the world. We don't care. <laughs> we really don't care. Like, we'll go do stuff. You know, <laughs> Jada. You know, go sleep with people. Like at this point. We really could care less. Like, put out some new movies or new material because your marriage at this point is so irrelevant. We're done hearing about it. Do you think that Jaden and Willow knew any of any of this information? Do you think they were hiding it from the kids, or do you think the kids knew what was on the whole time? No, they knew. I'm pretty sure they knew. I'm pretty sure they knew. That's. I mean, that's probably why they've been acting out the way they have. Yeah. I see that they have been in the news a lot and doing different things. Right? And I mean, they did create a powerful family. Right? I'm going to give them that. Their children are very powerful. They're very well known. They things own right. You know, I'm not going to say that their parents' names might not have helped them get to where they are. I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, it, it does not hurt you to have a father named Will Smith and a mother named Jada Pinkett. That does not hurt you in any way. Do like their family is very powerful in every aspect. You know, every part, every member of that family has done something pretty amazing. So I don't think that it's enough to pretend that a relationship is good when it's not for almost a decade. You know, it's like keeping up appearances for other people shouldn't be that important for you that you would go to the lengths that they did. But I think you you guys are both right. We're we're over. If you don't want to be together, don't be together. We don't want to be a part of the rules anymore, right? Like we don't want to be a part of making it the lies, uh, the, the open relationship, the entanglements. Like we've had enough. You know, if whatever makes you guys happy, that's fine. But maybe just leave us out of it. We need some positivity in the in the social media. Tired of all this negative stuff. What are your What are your thoughts on Taylor Swift and her new boyfriend? Because I know that Taylor Swift is the biggest. I don't know, arguably the biggest celebrity in the world. And she can get any guy she wants. And she 
Travis who is a football player. And it's kind of mixing the world of, of pop music and her fans of football because I've seen a lot of TikToks of her fans wearing like the, this guy's jersey and they're like watching football now because waiting to see if they can get a glimpse of Taylor at the football game. So she's kind of mixing culture. Taylor Swift is known for that though. She's known for being um breaking down barriers and, and mixing different genres, country and pop. She's just known for that. So now she's opening up her fan base who is definitely not fans, just to throw it out there. And now her and now she's bringing them into this world. So what do you guys think of this relationship? Because we know Taylor Swift moves pretty fast. And I've seen a lot of talks online. They're like, we don't care how the relationship ends up. We just want to hear the album when it ends. That's what a lot of the fans are saying, because we know when her relationship and she puts out an amazing album telling you about all of the things that I did wrong. Right. So how do you guys think about the relationship? Do you think that Taylor is a serial dater? Because, you know, she's had to deal with uh, rumors of, oh, she just dates around again. But that's shunning her. That, that's shunning her. You're you're making her feel some type of way because she's a young girl trying to just date around and is basically slut shaming her. So it's like that statement is kind of going and doing what America is so famous for doing. Whatever Taylor Swift decides to do in her personal life is on her. She carries herself, whether you like her or not, you're a fan of her music or not, she carries herself in such like a professional manner. She is a really good role model to the younger generation. You know, she is a positive person. You know, I mean, she's not like a huge like, you know, humanitarian or activist like a lot of the other artists are, but she does have a large following and she does have a large fan base so i really don't see anything wrong with who taylor is dating and it's not like she's out there you know making it something more than it's not she's doing what any person her age group or whatever would be doing hanging out with friends dating around trying to find mr right I mean, I just, just to say like, oh, I can't wait until like the album when they break up because she puts good music. It's like, why would the universe want to put that out there? You know, I know, I know they're just trying to say like, well, she puts out good music, but how about let's hear the music when she gets married and has kids? Like, you know, that might be a banger too. I just think that everything always has to be so negative. Everything always has to be so like setting up the women and that was what we were trying to get away from is making her feel some type of way for her decisions on who she wants to date she met this guy they fell for each other feelings are mutual they started dating and they they hit it off and if she made it official then so be it if she had a hundred boyfriends or two boyfriends who cares because at the end of the day she's a young girl She's entitled to do whatever she wants. It's not hurting anybody. She's very respectable when she's there. She sits with his mom. She sits with the other wives. She's not, you know, purposely distracting. I mean, she's Taylor Swift. She's going to be distracting, but she's not purposely trying to be distracting, you know? So I just, I don't think that it has to be anything negative. She can date whoever she wants, as many people as she wants until she finds her Mr. Right. Good for her. So generally, overall, you're just happy that she's happy, right? Period. <laughs> Basically. I feel the same way, whether it's whether it's a man or a woman. I mean, you you look around, you search around, you don't settle. You don't need to settle for, not, for nobody. You make sure that you happy. And at the end of the day, as long as you lay down and you're happy at the end of the day, whatever, who it is you with, so what? Like you just said, Heather, whether it's two people or a hundred people, so what? As long as you're happy, I mean, the world's not, I mean, well, we can't say the world's not paying their bills because we actually are, you know, by going to concerts and stuff like that. But in general speaking, they don't pay your bills at the end of the day. They don't make sure you have a roof over your head. They don't make sure that you have something to eat. So if you're happy with whoever it is you're with, whether it be with one person or 10 people, so what? Exactly. We don't go to her concert to see her dating life. We go to her concert to listen to her music. So, exactly. 
And she doesn't carry herself in any way to say that she's, you know, a fast woman. Just because she dates somebody does not mean she sleeps with them. And I think that's where America gets things wrong. And, you know, I was fixing to say that. I was fixing to say that, Heather, because, you know, men can date however many women they want. And if they say, oh, no, we're, we're not intimate or whatever, the world believes them. But if a woman um, dates multiple men, she can say, oh, well, we're not intimate. And the world world is like, yes, you are. How's a woman going to date a man and not be intimate? Like, you know, it's always like you were saying earlier, George, that um, us women have we have to have like um, we have to be careful about how we date, who we date, how we talk who we talk to, how we dress, how we act. It's like, you know, that like the world attacks the women faster than it does the men. And as far as Taylor Swift, I mean, if, if they break up next week and the next day or the same day, she has somebody else. I mean, that's her personal life. Let her do her. Never said I that like she how, lie down with them. I like how Taylor Swift is just so she's unapologetic and she just doesn't care how you and she she does what she does. She doesn't hide it. Because you remember in the 90s and 2000s, the artists would hide it. They didn't want you to know who they were dating or what they were doing. They did try to pretend to be those perfect people. But Taylor is like, look, I'm going to live my life. You know, I'm going to date. I'm going to do what makes me happy. I'm going to hang with my friends. I'm going to. And she's just unapologetic. And I think, like you said, she's a good role model for women because, like you said, we ostracize women to the extent it's, un it's unlivable in this world for women. We, we set these ridiculous standards and we say, oh, well, they can't date too many people or can't spot it with a different man every um, year. Like, why is that? Why are women held to this ridiculously high open standards when men can literally do what they want? Like, there's um, for Nick, Nick Cannon. I don't want to pick on Nick Cannon, but he has quite a few by quite different women. Now, people joke about it, but they don't ostracize him. He still works. But if, if it was a woman that had all them children by that many different men, she would be judged to the extreme. It's not fair. The world looks at things so blindly, and it's just... Just if you listen to everything that we say, it kind of makes sense to everything that we already talked about, but just different time frames. Talking about how George said that, you know, Taylor's unapologetic, she date with whoever she wants. Well, in the Britney Justin days, you couldn't because your record label was against it because I had said earlier that your image sold. You sold the image that your celebrity crush was single and that's what sold because every girl wanted to believe that Justin Timberlake was singing to her or Joey McIntyre was singing to her or Nick Carter was singing to her, whoever you like. It's nobody wanted to be like, oh, well, I'll never be able to have him. He's married with three kids. That's why they used to keep their stuff under wraps because young girls, they're so crazy and possessive over the people that they like. They didn't want the person to be with anybody but them, even though obviously you're a fan, they're not going to be with you. But you you tell yourself differently because you're like, oh, my God, they're gonna, I'm going to go to their concert. We're going to fall in love and get married. And in actuality, they already have like a whole family. You know, they just don't announce it because I know me and my best friend at the time when We'll use Backstreet Boys as an example. When Brian Luttrell met Leanne, his longtime wife, who he's still with now, oh, my God, it nearly killed my best friend. Like, you would have thought that, she, you know, the worst thing in the world happened. Her world crashed down. She wanted nothing but bad things to happen to Leanne. And Brian was hers. And just that's how crazy people can be. <laughs> so it was safer to not go ahead and publicize their relationships. They could get further in their career sell more money, sell more records. There was no streaming then. So you had to, you know, base solely on people buying your stuff and they were not going to buy your stuff if they think there's no chance for them to have a future with their celebrity crushes. Nowadays, we don't really care what you do. You could be dating this person. You could have four kids, you know, oh, we like your song or, oh, you know, you're what's hot right now, what's popular. Everybody wants to get on the trends 
you know, it's like Taylor Swift is very trendy, you know, and a lot of people, they didn't even have to be a long time Taylor Swift fan. They just got on it because they're like, oh, she's everywhere right now. You know, I would have liked her too. And it, it's, it's different times, different world, different opinions. Things work now that did not work back then. You know, Taylor, yeah, Swift, Taylor Swift, the way she's unapologetic about everything, she reminds me a lot of Madonna. Because you know how Madonna used to be and still is to this day. She doesn't care who likes her and who doesn't like her. Madonna's always being Madonna. You know, how, how many times was she um, shunned because of how she dressed, of how she acted, the songs, how she danced on stage? She didn't care. To this day, she don't care. So Taylor Swift, to me, is like a Madonna Jr. Like the comparison. I know we don't want to compare people, but I do like the, the fact that Taylor is definitely setting a good standard for young women and being yourself and being happy and not living other people's expectations i think it's something that we need so her for us tour it just broke a lot of records because she put it in movie and it has been the biggest sync musical movie theater event and i think beyonce is in line to do that so i want to get your ideas thoughts what do you think about concert tours going to movie theaters are you for it because i saw some videos there's a lot of fans they were dancing under the dance floor and it was just a huge event would you go to one of these events are you a person that you're more of a live music right in front of you like how do you feel about movie theaters going concert how do you feel i went to one um but it, it wasn't really it wasn't crazy like the taylor swift situation people actually like kind of like stayed in their seat and watched it because I think that's the bad thing when you do movie theaters because people want to get together. They want to listen to music. Ultimately they want to party. They want to act like they're really there, but it's like in actuality, you're at a movie theater where people pay money and their seats and primarily you go to a movie theater to sit down. So I think that there would cause more problems there because you'd have the mixed reviews. You'd have the, people that are like no we're just having a good time it's a concert get up and dance and then you'd have the people like well i paid good money i want to watch this i didn't see her concert and you know and she's charging more money for these tickets than a standardized uh movie ticket so if you're paying almost 30 dollars a ticket you want to make sure you're at least seeing it having a time but seeing it i personally would like to see it at home in my house like either own the physical dvd or catch on netflix or you know have it streamed so i can sit at home and if i want to get up and dance i can do that or if i want to sit down and have popcorn i can do that and there's nobody around me that i'm bothering i'm just enjoying myself so that's that's my thing on it i i'm for the concert experience in a movie setting but like in a theater i don't know it's a little expensive. I probably would get into it with somebody. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't do concerts or none of that stuff. So I just wait until I can just watch it on TV or download it. <laughs> it's too chaotic for me. That's crazy. Live music is really something that you need to experience at some point. Like if you have a favorite artist, you need to experience that person live. It's I, I recommend it for anyone because hearing them on the radio and then seeing them and hearing them perform live is just it's, it's completely different. So I'm kind of disturbed by the fact that you live music, but that's another pod. That's a whole another conversation that we're gonna have but, to break down. Wait, can I just say this real quick though? And it, it might yeah. defend a little bit of that. I just want to say that um, a lot of people. And it might not even be people, it could just be the venues that these people play at are so about their money that they don't care about the artist or the fans. And without getting too much into it, like you said, this could be a completely different subject. There has been a lot of times where concerts have got out of hand. People have even died. You know, it's been real crazy. These places and venues will overpack places and make it so you can't even see the artist that you paid for there's too many people around so you feel claustrophobic you feel like 
unsafe. You can't even breathe to enjoy what's going on. It's like everything is such a money grab that they don't care about the audience. And maybe you could enjoy listening to your favorite artist if you didn't have all that extra. And if it didn't also cost an arm and a leg and your mortgage to go to these things. That's that's another that's another thing. But I know the last concert I just went to, I had a horrible experience. I couldn't see. I paid way too much money to be that miserable when I could have just sat at home and watched her on YouTube. So I, I understand. Just because it's live music, your experience will get ruined if the whole setting and vibe is off. Okay, so out of time but i want to revisit this so next week we're going to discuss concerts venues and live music i want to get deeper into this this is a really interesting subject because we're talking about shifting um live music into movie theaters so i want to also talk about live music and venues too so we're going to do that next week um thank you to my co-host heather c and the fourth episode of the george Make sure you're following all social media platforms at George Mossy, georgemossy.com. Anywhere you get your podcast or stream music, type in the George Mossy Show. We will be back next week with some even more pop culture things going on and topics next week. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll talk to all of you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.